Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. 76ers are in deep, deep trouble. In fact, this series may be over already, and the Eastern Conference Finals are already happening in the se- other semifinal. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Whoa, and on so ESPN disrespectful Plus. to the Miami Heat. <laughs> you are so disrespectful. Well, they are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, yeah. I guess technically. So were the Tennessee Titans in the AFC. Wow, so the Miami Heat are the Tennessee Titans? I didn't Titans? say that. I'm just saying that the number one seed. At least the Miami Heat were in the NBA Finals recently. When the last time the Titans were in the Super Bowl? Well, at least the Miami Heat don't have Ryan Tannehill. Let's put it that That's way. That's a fair point. Uh, we are in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the call-in line to be a part of the show, including why, in fact, we are not focusing on the Heat as much as we are focusing on the 76ers, and the reason is that James Harden absolutely disappeared once again. The Sixers don't have Joel Embiid. We all know this. Embiid was begging, begging Harden to be more aggressive even when he was on the court in the last round. Now, we have seen the exact same thing from Embiid in the first two games of this series, Chris, and that is play very well in the first half and then disappear in the second half. And it's not just disappearing in terms of not scoring enough, it's not even taking the opportunities to shoot the basketball when you are the best shooter on that team right now overall. Yeah, combined nine shots in the second half of the first two games in this series. That's not aggressive. How is, how is that, aggressive. But how is that going to get it done? How is that going to be enough for your team to win with no Joel Embiid in the lineup? You're talking about missing a 30-point-a-night score in Embiid. Not to mention what he does for your team on the defensive end with rim protection. You're going to have to score more points. And the fact that James Harden isn't doing that is alarming to the point where I don't know that Daryl Morey has a choice when it comes to whether or not he's going to give Harden that extension. I don't think there's any way possible that the Sixers can give him that five-year extension for $270 million. Just can't do it. No, you can't. You can't. Do you think right now that there is any way for him to get back to near the player that he was a year and a half, two years ago, before he moved to Brooklyn? Or is it, has this mostly been about injury with him to you? Or is James Harden just past the point of his prime right now? Because for me, that's exactly what it feels like. Well, let's think back to what got him out of Houston. He was out of shape when he reported for the season. James Harden has not been a guy that's been known to take care of his body. He's also been a player that's known for playing every single game and not buying into load management. I say all that to say this. There's a lot of wear and tear on that body. There's a lot of miles on that body, and he hasn't necessarily done the things to protect himself and to protect him as he moves into his 30s. So I think we could be in store for more of this James Harden as opposed to the guy that we saw winning MVPs and scoring titles down in Houston. You listen to him after the game last night, and there is a strong, strong level of delusion in these statements. We have plenty of opportunities. You know I mean? I think we played a pretty solid game. We gave them, you know, a couple, you know, big offensive rebounds. But other than that, I think we did a pretty good job of just getting off to a really good start and then uh, taking their punches, being an aggressor. I think we did a really good job of that. Things just didn't go our way um, as much as we needed it to. But for the most part, I mean, we're still a confident group, and we're going to go home and, and, and do what we're supposed to do. In the playoffs, uh, the series doesn't start 
to you know the road team wins and uh we didn't get one you know out of the first two but go home and take care of business and we'll be back here for game five yeah no the series is over the series already started and it's yeah. probably over yeah, yeah it is and yeah chris it's going to ruin this organization if they hand them the max extension it's going to ruin them and I would say as much as this. If you hand him the max extension, within two years, Joel Embiid will try to be forcing his way out of Philadelphia, and there won't be anybody there who's really going to blame him because it's not going to be a good situation. You're not going to have the opportunity to bring in other players. They're going to fit better with Maxi and Embiid, and you have two dynamic players with those two that you have to build around. Harden is not a centerpiece anymore at this point in his career. No, he's not. And here's the thing, Carlin. It's not like you don't have a point guard already on your roster. You got Tyrese Maxey. He can play point guard. So it's not a matter of having somebody that can beat people off the bounce. He's a blur when he's got the ball in his hands. Now, I'm with you. He's not as seasoned. He's not as developed as you would want him to be. But he is your number two option on a team that Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers expected to compete at a championship level. So I think you have to look yourself in the mirror and have an honest conversation about what James Harden is and recognize that he's not a guy that's worth paying $40, $50 million a year to. How can you justify giving him that extension, Carlin, when you're talking about in the last year of that deal, when he'll be 37, 38 years old, paying him $55 million? How can you justify it? You can't. You can't, and I'm dying for somebody to explain to me how you can. So please do it, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. The job search can be a long, frustrating journey. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They send you jobs you can apply to with one click, and they pitch your profile to employers. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Alonzo in Virginia is up on the Greeny call-in line. Alonzo, what's up? You're on ESPN Radio. Mr. Carlin, Mr. Canty, good day. Congrats on your show. Appreciate that. Uh, I, I just wanted to come on here and, you know, wax some poetic on, on you guys are glossing. Well, you, you talked about it a little bit, but glossing over the Miami Heat and what they've done to construct this team. The 76ers are seeing, the, 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 they reap, you reap what you sow, and the process failed because you have, you have your top-heavy team, and beads out. He's injury prone. He's gone. You've got Harden who disappears. And then what do you have? You have some good guys, but no depth. There, you, you wasted Tyrese Maxey's thirty-four point game yesterday. Played some hero ball. Got you some points. And what? Uh, and Doc, Doc has to go too. Like I think Canty, uh, you were right. He's the he's a, he's a part of the, the piece uh, because the guy as great as a resume as he has, he disappears in clutch series. He's blown three and zero series three times. So get him out, blow up the team, get Harden out of there. I don't know who's going to take that albatross of a contract, but it well, is, the, it, you the build it like Miami right Heat has. Listen, Harden can opt in of the last year of his contract at $47 million. Which and, he should do. Yeah, he should. And if you want that long-term extension, go show us that you're the player that you were and go show us that you're actually capable of still being not even a number two or a 2A, I would call it at this point, to Tyrese Maxey. And then we can discuss it. But there is no inclination, it seems, from Harden to try to prove anything. And that's, that's hard to accept from a player that has not won a championship, has not even played for a championship. No doubt about it. But 
I mean, I don't know that Harden is going to have a whole lot of other options, Carlin. And I think that's the part that becomes interesting this summer because once we get an idea of who could be a player for James Harden on a max contract, then I think Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers will figure out their path forward in terms of how they're going to construct this roster. But I don't think it's a bad proposition for James Harden to opt into the $47.5 million. Not for Harden and certainly not for the Sixers organization because it's an easier sell to owner Michael Rubin, if you're Daryl Morey, that we're going to give this one more year to see how it works out. Because we did trade for this player in the middle of the regular season. We didn't necessarily know how long it would take for things to gel. So give them a full offseason, a full training camp to have the opportunity to gel and develop chemistry with Embiid and Maxi and the rest of the supporting cast, and we'll see where we go from there. And then after it, if you're not satisfied with what next season turns out to be, then you don't have any ties to James Harden and you can reallocate resources and put other complimentary pieces around Embiid and Maxi because those are your two cornerstones moving forward. Harold in South Carolina is up next on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Harold, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, I'm just listening in, and I was—I just think that the, the, the process has not panned out. You know, I'm a Kansas fan, so I've been watching Embiid since college, and I just feel like Philly and and Joel—they just need to figure out a way to move on from each other. It's, it's been what? too many years. No, 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 no. Let me tell you what ain't gonna happen. Nope. I'm not moving off of Joel Embiid. He's the first big to win a scoring title since Shaq did it 20 years ago. We're no. gonna trade Joel Embiid? No. For who and for what? Why? Why would we do that? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, he is kind of injury prone. I mean, to, to mm. start off things, so I mean, I mean, he, he can't stay too healthy. Yeah, he, I mean, he's injury prone, and you're a top four seed. You're, you're a top four seed in the Eastern Conference, and you're in the second round. He's injury prone, though. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't for a minute think about trading Joel Embiid. He's the, he's the guy that I'm building everything around. It, it's interesting when people say the process failed. It didn't fail. You got an MVP candidate. It didn't fail. What failed is everything that went down after you got the pieces that you needed to get. The idea behind the process was get high draft picks because that's the only way we're going to attract players to Philadelphia is to make them come here and then make them love it. That town loves Joel Embiid. Yes. Loves Joel Embiid. He is not going anywhere anytime soon and they will grow to love Tyrese Maxey just as much they currently are and they they're not going to love James Harden if he ruins that dynamic for the next five years no they're not going to love James Harden for it I, I just don't understand how you can make the claim the process failed when it netted you two all NBA caliber performers and one of those guys a top two MVP vote getter how can you make the claim that it failed? The Maybe epi- you didn't have the right coaches around them to develop them, to maximize their talent. Maybe you could have managed things with Ben Simmons a little better, but the process didn't fail. No, it did not, because the whole idea was to position yourself to get those players, and they got those players. Some of the moves they made afterward, well, those are Listen, man, the Philly, moves where things really went wrong. Carlin, Philly has been in the playoffs the last five years. Yeah. How, how's the process failed? The process has failed as far as winning a championship. That's what people are looking at when they say that. And it hasn't failed in terms of procuring the talent. That was the whole 
idea. The opinions are coming in fast. Hit us up. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you haven't checked out our new show yet, we are on daily from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio. What and you waiting ESPN on if you Plus. haven't checked us out? What are you waiting on? Exactly. Hit us up because we're having fun doing the show. And up next, we've got a lot to get into uh, when it comes to one other superstar in this league and the help that he is not getting right now. We'll explain what we mean in moments. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Greenberg, code Greenberg, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. People are getting upset. Process didn't work, apparently, at least according to some. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio Network, 888-SAY-ESPN. A lot of people believe that the process has not worked. Let's get to Travis in Georgia up first. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Travis, what's up, bud? You're on ESPN Radio. Hey, what's up, boys? Um, I I wouldn't say – I don't want to say that the process hasn't worked in Philadelphia. I just think that – it, it might be currently working. And I don't know that half a season of James Harden is enough to warrant either way saying that it, that it has worked already or that it's time to bail on James Harden uh, in favor of another plan. Uh, the Celtics in the Eastern Conference, like in comparison to the Sixers, never had to tear anything down. They never had to do any of the rebuilding or any of the process. And today – as we sit here in 2022, you can make a legitimate argument that the Celtics are in better position this year and moving forward. And so I don't know that, like, the process has worked just because they have an MVP candidate uh, and they're in the second round of the playoffs. Well, I think the problem with what you're saying is that you're treating the process as something that would 
lead to a championship. What the process was and how it was constructed was to take step one toward building a championship team by putting yourselves in the position to get that level of player. No doubt about it. And then the other thing that we have to consider is the Boston Celtics are a well-run organization. The Sixers, when they started the process, was not a well-run organization. No. And have not been until recent memory. No. So that, that, that's, that's, that's the whole thing, too. We can't try to say, well, they're, they're not the Boston Celtics. Look at what the Boston Celtics is. They didn't have to go through. Of course they didn't have to. They're the Boston Celtics. When you're trying to recruit free agencies, free agents, all you got to do is point in the rafters. Players actually want to come to Boston. Now the Kyrie got traded to Boston. Now, he didn't like what happened once he got there, but he got traded to Boston. He wanted to play there. Now so I just, I, 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 you, you got to miss me with the whole situation about the process not working. Now, the argument you can make is that if the Sixers had taken Jason Tatum instead of Markel Fultz, they'd be in a much different position right now. Well, you could say that about my Lakers, too, because yeah. they took Lonzo Ball yeah. in that same draft. Dear and, God. And, but I think there was probably a bit of a handshake, wink and a nod, between Danny Ainge and the Sixers when they made that trade for the first overall pick. The problem is Celtics traded that pick when they saw Markel Fultz work out. Yeah, yeah. we're good. Yeah. We're good. We'll take we're Tatum. All, we're all set on that one. How about Josh in Texas next on ESPN Radio? Josh, what do you got? What's going on, guys? Uh, first of all, congratulations on the new show. I um, just want to say, also, I don't understand how anybody can say the process failed when the 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 whole entire goal of an organization is to do two things, build a championship team and also get people to come to the game, get people to, to be in their city and boost the economy of that city that they live in. Ask any team, Miami, the Lakers, the Warriors, Boston, ask the 76ers if they trade in what they have right now for the last years when they were irrelevant, when they didn't have people coming to the stadium, when they didn't have guys that wanted to get traded or play on their team. Ask, ask any one of those teams, would they trade what they have now for, for just making sure that they have a, a top-heavy team that can make it to a championship and maybe not even win? Or be a relevant team for years to come? Here's what I'll say to that. I don't know that the box office is the thing that I would point to when we start talking about the process being – a success. I think the thing you look at is having an MVP candidate at 28 years old. That's what Joel Embiid is. And if they had Ben Simmons, you're talking about another All NBA guy in his mid 20s. I don't. I, that, that's the whole goal. If you're an NBA team, is to acquire guys that can be significant difference makers, guys that can be amongst the best at their position. And you got two of them. You got two of them which allowed you to have the success the last five years that you've had. Three of those years, you've advanced to at least the second round of the playoffs. So I don't know how you look at it as a fail. Now, where they go from here remains to be seen. It it will still be somewhat of a referendum on the process and whether or not it's successful. But that's what makes the James Harden decision so important for Daryl Moore. Well, this is what's going to make – if you want to make the argument about whether or not it's successful or a failure – James Harden can determine that. Yes. And and the biggest way they can determine that is if you sign him long-term and in two years Embiid understands that this is a dumpster fire and I got to get out of town to go win a championship before my prime is up, then the process was a failure. Yeah. That's when you can say it. Let's hit one more. How about Ryan in Syracuse, New York, next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Ryan. Hey, 
What's going on there, fellas? Chris Square twice in one day. Revenge of the fifth and deep, baby. <laughs> so we'll start with this, though. Carlin, you said earlier that Harden, if they give him an extension, that that's actually going to be the undoing in this organization. No. The undoing was the hiring of Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey's blueprint. He ends up taking the team's future, mortgaging it to try to get the superstar of the now. Never pans out. And as a Houston fan, I say good riddance. Good luck, Philadelphia. Well, but Daryl Morey also drafted Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. We can't ignore that. And that wasn't like a no-brainer. That was the 21st pick. Yeah. Let's not do that. Where Morey can't go wrong here is trying to get the band back together with Mike D'Antoni and James Harden long-term because, in case you don't remember, they got to a, a conference finals and that was it. Yeah, well, Embiid is going to have something to say about it. If yep. you're Michael Rubin, you have to give your superstar that type of voice in, in this conversation because, as you mentioned, if things don't work out a couple of years down the road and he's not included in the interview process or in the coaching search, then you could get to a situation where he issues an ultimatum to the team and he demands a trade. And that's not where you want to be because you're starting at square one in terms of foundational pieces in order to help your team win. Greeny, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. We were just talking during the break about when you were playing in Baltimore. We got there because we were talking about players from Connecticut as we look at the uh, mock draft that was put out for 2023 by Todd McShay, and there are a couple of players from Connecticut anyway. Yep. Point being, we got to you talking about when you made the decision to go to Baltimore, but you also could have gone to Kansas City. Yes. and I should have went to Kansas City. Really? I, I enjoyed my time in Baltimore. I love all my teammates. John Harbaugh, they were great down there. Ozzie Newsome. Right. But Kansas City had a good thing going at that point. They did. They had a good thing going. And this did. was 2013, 2014, 2015. Do you know I once turned down a job in Kansas City? This is 15 years ago. I'm from New Jersey. Yep. And I'm going out, and it's a sports radio station in Kansas City, and wanted me to do the midday shift. And so I go out to visit, and it, it basically turned into, I thought it was more of an interview, but it was really like as close to a free agent visit as I'm ever going to have. So basically, this was a recruiting trip to yes. Kansas City for you. Which I found out when I got there. Here's the problem. You take a guy like me out to lunch, you're taking me to an Italian place in Kansas City? And then you take me out to dinner. You're taking me out to a seafood restaurant. You, you say, you say that you say City. that like you're underwhelmed at the Italian place that they took you to. I would assume that there's good Italian in Kansas City. I'm sure there is. This wasn't it. Okay. And I'm from New Jersey. 
Okay? If you're going to do that, if you're trying to meet me at my place, yeah. don't do that. Take me to where is, you know, great about Kansas City, which I would immediately, uh, to the place that really emblemizes what's great about Kansas City. Gotcha. Barbecue? How about a steak? Yeah. Would a steak kill you? I mean, and so my I feel like steak was, is universal, right? If you take a guy to a steakhouse, a guy that but, loves but sports to a especially in the steakhouse. middle of the country. Yeah, it seems like that would be one of those things. So I guess my, my point here is I didn't take the job. And the reason wasn't because of the particular food choice. It was because <laughs> if those are your instincts, you have bad instincts and I don't trust you. Yeah, you don't know your personnel. Like you're going to take a guy from New Jersey to a suspect Italian place right. and then a so-so seafood place. That probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, it's, it's like just, the places that you, if like if you really want to land the plane, you gotta go with the for show. Don't don't go with something that that could be a little bit sketch. Go with something that you know is a showstopper, a fan favorite from all the people in that community. I'd even make this argument: when I get off the plane and you see me in person for the first time, you gotta be fluid in your plans. There, you gotta look at that and say, "This guy, he needs barbecue. We yes. can't screw around." Yeah, we gotta we gotta alter Mid-stream the plan altogether adjust. if we want him. It is never too early. It is never too early for a mock draft. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Try the forty five dollar Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide five G on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at StraightTalk.com. Five G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. So yes, the NFL draft just finished up, but we are already looking forward to 2023, and for that, we turn to ESPN NFL draft analyst Todd McShay, who has already put out his way-too-early mock draft for next year. Todd, it's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, I would have thought that maybe you would have gotten some sleep after the last, oh, I don't know, six months or so, but you're right back at it with next year already. How you doing? I'm doing well. Put an emphasis emphasis on way for the way too early. <laughs> <on draft. I> mean, <laughs> it's, it's brutal. I feel like I'm, I'm throwing darts. And I, even when I tweeted it out today, I, two things you have to keep in mind. First of all, don't yell at me. I didn't, I didn't create the order. It's from Caesars. Sportsbook and basically the reverse order of, of the odds to win the Super Bowl. And, and two, please, if you're an NFL draft prospect out there reading this, listening to this, watching on TV today, do not make any future decisions on this. I mean, oh, I, there are kids opting I, out today of the season. You know that. CJ <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stroud right now might be saying, wait a minute, why do I have to play it down? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sure Ryan Day will love me for that. Yeah, well, let's talk about that for a second because what was the big talk about this year? The lack of quarterbacks that were in this draft. So how much does that dynamic change in 2023 at the way too early look at it it looks a lot more like 2021 when we had five quarterbacks taken in the top 15 starting with trevor lawrence at number one for jacksonville and then uh, obviously mac jones down at 15 for the new england patriots so yeah i had cj stroud coming off the board and then bryce young uh, from ohio state and alabama respectively one and two 
And then I three quarterbacks that are just projections, to be totally honest. I mean, Anthony Richardson I had going number six to the Carolina Panthers. He's a Florida quarterback. He started two games last year, played in eight. You know, he was basically a backup all season long, and he's still, he's still competing for the starting job this year. But, man, is he talented. You know, if he has one of those years where he – where he puts it all together, he's, he's got the size, mobility, arm strength. He has everything you look for from a tools standpoint, but he's a total projection at this point. Then I had um, Will Levis from uh, Kentucky, who's a lot of the throws were within five yards of the line of scrimmage, a lot of screens, a lot of behind the line of scrimmage. So I want to see them open up things more a little bit for Levis in, in his second year as a starter. But, again, he has the tools to, to really – take the next step this year and then Tyler Van Dyke from Miami really you saw what he could do talent wise last year now it's about consistency and improving from from year one to year two yeah and I know Mario Cristobal is going to bring that out of him too by solidifying that offensive line down there in Miami talking with ESPN NFL draft expert Todd McShay on Greeny and Todd we talked to Matt Miller earlier in the week on our show, Canty and Carlin, and he said that Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama is the best player in this class regardless of position. Do you see it that way? Yeah, I would tend to agree. The quarterbacks are going to get bumped up, and in this situation, Houston was picking at one because they're plus, I don't know, um, twenty. What is it, 25,000 to one to win the Super Bowl. Um, and, and as I said in the in the mock draft, I said, you know, Davis Mills, everyone has high expectations for him, very promising rookie year. But if they're picking at one overall, something went awry. And so you would assume that his, his sophomore campaign just kind of, you know, sputtered and, and it wasn't what everyone was expecting. So, uh, so that's why I went quarterback there. But I, I wound up going Will Anderson, number three to the Jets, obviously, with Zach Wilson there, they're, they're not looking to, to draft a quarterback. So that was the first spot where there was a team that doesn't appear to have a quarterback because Houston was picking at one and Detroit at number two. Todd, when you look at the other prospects outside of the quarterbacks right now, who most intrigues you to watch their development this coming season? A couple guys. I think defensive tackle Jalen Carter from Georgia. I mean, he was kind of the number three guy rotating in and out. Obviously, uh, Jordan Davis had was an early draft pick, had a great year last year. But it was, he was only like 25, 30 snaps a game. So Carter would come in and, and spell him a lot. And, you know, you, it's funny because you're watching that defense that had a bunch of guys drafted, a team that had 15 players set a record this, this past draft for, for players drafted. And it was hard at times to just ignore 88. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carter, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's that talented. He is, I think he's going to be one of the premier, outside of Will Anderson, I think he's the best defensive player in this draft. Yeah, Todd, I thought Jalen Carter was the best defensive tackle on Georgia's roster last year, and the other two guys went in the yeah. first round this year. That's how good that young man has the potential to be. Todd, I'm curious to get your insight on what you think Jordan Addison, who just recently entered the transfer portal, supposed to go to Southern Cal, what him being in a Lincoln-Riley offense could do to his draft stock. You already got him penciled in at number seven. Could we end up seeing him as the number one receiver taken off the board in next year's draft? It's a possibility. And certainly, you know, that's that's all the rumors are saying, that he's going to go to USC and, and that offense is – is quarterback friendly, you know, for starters, but then obviously wide receiver friendly as well. And, and they've had so many good, good receivers come out of that that Oklahoma program when Lincoln was the head coach. 
it's an offense with, with the way they run the football and how physical they are up front. If USC is anything close to what Oklahoma has been at times, it sets up a lot of things for the quarterback and sets up a lot of one-on-one matchups. And, and we saw last year Addison as a young receiver with Kenny Pickett, a veteran quarterback and the only first-round quarterback drafted, throwing to him that they just got an early report. He, he's a difference maker. He's got the length. He goes up and gets the football really good uncontested catches. The only other guy, though, that makes it tough to say, yeah, he definitely can be the first receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba from from Ohio State. I mean, everyone you talk to in the program, including the two receivers that were drafted this year in the first round, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they all say in Jigba, uh, Smith and Jigba is, is the best receiver of the group. He was the number three, guys, three guy on that on that offense, and he worked a lot in the slot. They'll, I think, utilize him in different ways this year. But, but just watching his talent and the production he had last year with those two per- perimeter receivers and the numbers they were putting up, it's hard to imagine that any other receiver would be the first guy off the board. But I, I think it'll be Smith and Jigba and, and Addison as the top two and potentially both top ten draft picks. Todd, last question from me. This year's NFL draft didn't see any running backs or tight ends come off the board in the first round. I think it's the first time that's happened in the common draft era. I want to know from you, is that more of a product of the class that we saw in 2022, or is that an indicator of the value of the position in the National Football League in today's game? I know it's a cop-out, but I, I truly believe it's a little bit of both. There wasn't that elite, elite guy, but I can tell you this, the New York Jets, after talking to Joe Douglas post-draft, had uh, Brees Hall as the number 19 player on their board. And they knew he was going to fall a little bit, but they still wound up moving up a a few spots to to try to get, I think, ahead of Houston. I'd have to go back and look, but to make sure that they got Brees early in the the second. And so it it tells you, like, even even though you know he's the 19th best player, he, he might not go in the first round because it's a running back position. But again, Brees was kind of the only guy that had all of the, the tools, the production, the catching the football, the, co- the outstanding combine that he had. This year, though, it, it'll be interesting because there, there are a couple guys kind of on the radar. I had two, two running backs, I think it was, going the first round, starting with, um, with Bijan Robinson, who was just exceptional last year at Texas. He can catch the ball. He's Strong runner, just you know, he's he's kind of everything you look for in, in an NFL running back. And then Jameer Gibbs, I threw in at uh, 27 going the Miami Dolphins, because Gibbs comes from you know a, a, an offense at Georgia Tech that just didn't have a lot around him. Very very good runner, very talented runner. Now he goes to Alabama with all the talent around him there. I think he's going to have a massive breakout year for the for the Alabama Crimson Tide. First Draft Podcast, Todd McShay joining us. We appreciate the insight. We'll talk to you on Monday with your 2024 mock draft, Todd. (laughs) Lose my phone number for a little while. (laughs) Todd McShay with Canty and Carlin. We appreciate it. And I'm very, very interested in how that whole Jordan Addison thing plays out because – Yes, there are the rumors of an NIL deal that could be $2 million plus and a house at USC, maybe even a car at USC. But one thing to not overlook there is the fact that Kenny Pickett just went to the National Football League. The offensive coordinator moved on and his wide receivers coach moved on. When you look at how these receivers are getting paid and how they're getting drafted right now, he is going to do everything possible, as he should, to make sure 
he's going to solidify his draft spot for next year. Yeah, it's an investment in self. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to be afforded certain comforts at Southern Cal that I wouldn't have at Pittsburgh. You know, like the 80-degree weather year-round. You know, like better facilities. You know, like having Caleb Williams as my quarterback in a Lincoln-Riley offense. They're going to feature him out there at SC in a way that Pittsburgh wouldn't be capable of doing it this year, breaking in a new quarterback. So I don't fault the kid for making that choice. And then, Carlin, we're talking about this. They're going to give him $2 million and a house. Yep. I mean, I mean, this is all about trying to monetize your athletic ability while you have this finite window to play the game at the highest level. And it's just a little bit different now because we're seeing athletes do that at the collegiate level, not just the professional level. But I can't fault the kid for wanting to maximize the opportunity that he's being afforded. And that's exactly what Jordan Addison is doing. So for all the people that say, oh, we got to have some regulations. The NCAA needs a task force for NIL. We got to crack down. It's the wild, wild west. This is not something that we didn't see coming. We knew this was going to happen eventually with the states passing legislation. And now the NCAA and all of these schools are trying to play catch up where they should have been more proactive in putting measures in place to to create guidelines for how they're going to manage NIL moving forward. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. We've spent a lot of time talking about the Sixers, James Harden, and their future, but last night, the Phoenix Suns deserve an awful lot of love, especially for what they did in the fourth quarter, putting up 40 in the fourth quarter and just taking absolute control of not just the game but the series against the Dallas Mavericks. But, Chris, more than that, as much as the the Suns deserve so much credit and Devin Booker for what he's doing right now, by the way, for the Suns, what is that? I think it's the is it the ninth straight game that they've shot over 50%. Eighth, eighth straight. Eighth now. Mm-hmm. Uh, shot over 50% in a game in the playoffs. But is somebody else going to show up to back up Luka Doncic here. I, Jalen Brunson with nine points again. We talked about this quite a bit yesterday on our show, Canty and Carlin, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, that there's no way we expected Jalen Brunson to have a similar game two to what he had in game one. But, Chris, this is out of hand. I mean, Jason Kidd's got to be, I was going to say pulling his hair out, but he doesn't have any hair to pull out anymore. Well, here's the thing with Jalen Brunson. He got himself in early foul trouble, right? He gets the two quick fouls in the first quarter. And in in the second quarter, after you get the offensive foul, the charge from Chris Paul for ducking his shoulder into the defender, Jalen Brunson turns around on the very next possession and does the same exact thing off of a ball screen on Jay Crowder. It's mind-numbing. You you can't do that. You're too important to the team. He has to be that secondary scorer without having a Tim Hardaway Jr. available to him. So it just doesn't make sense to me that he would do that to himself. Now, I thought they made the right move by putting Maxi Kleber out there and and giving him a few more minutes in this game. But I got to tell you, man, I I don't know that they're going to be able to make this a series unless Jalen Brunson shows up in a big way. And what I mean big, I'm talking about what we saw when he was playing against the Utah Jazz when he dropped 40. It's going to have to be along those lines. And I'm not saying the point total, but I'm just talking about the overall impact on his team's success. Because we saw what the number two guy from Phoenix did last night at Chris Paul. He took over the fourth quarter, 14 points on six or seven shooting and two assists. You can't ask Chris Paul to be any better than he was in that moment. And that's what Luka Doncic needs. 
that other guy that can bear some of the burden offensively and take some of that pressure off of him. Saw it on SportsCenter this morning. A lot of people now calling Paul CP4 for how he's playing in the fourth quarter now in, in his career and again last night. But let's, let's say one other thing here, okay? Mm. The Mavericks are a team this year that was a very, very good defensive team. They are getting destroyed in this series defensively. Last yeah. night, I mean, 65% from the floor. Yeah. You cannot allow that to happen. And 52% from three. Yeah. You can – look, there are a lot of things in an NBA game you can't control. You can control how you played on the defensive end. Yeah, that's effort, but we have to acknowledge that there are bad matchups for the Dallas yes, Mavericks. very true. And the Phoenix Suns. There are a lot of bad matchups. They don't have an answer for – DeAndre Ayton, they don't have an answer to keep those guys off the boards, and that's exactly what we saw. But my problem here is that that's still a ridiculously inflated number. It is. 65% cannot be something that happens in an NBA playoff game. Yeah, but you got to understand, the defense for the Phoenix Suns creates a lot of wide-open looks for them on the offensive end. I can't tell you the amount of times that I saw in transition Jay Crowder pulling up for threes and knocking them down. And those are wide-open looks. So, I mean, I think some of the struggles on the offensive end for the Mavs are leading to easy opportunities, easy buckets for the Phoenix Suns offensively. I know the answer to this already. Do you give either team, the Sixers or the Mavericks, any shot of coming back in this series? No, no, but I will say this. Between the two teams, I would give the Mavs a better chance just because I think the Mavs have the best player in the series. The Mavs have the best overall player in the series, but... The Suns may have the next best four or five, as we were talking about yesterday. Yeah. And that that's problematic as well. And as far as the Sixers are concerned, I with James Harden, I don't have an answer for you other than, you know, take some shots. I never thought I would be at the point where I would be encouraging James Harden to shoot more, but he just doesn't seem to be interested in it. Yeah, he ain't got it. He ain't got it, boss. It's Canty and Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.